to Bygones. I'm Laura Jane Parker. I'm Eleanor Parker. And we are re-watching every episode of Annie McBeal through 2018 eyes. Welcome back. We are on the penultimate episode yeah. of the season. Season one. <laughs> <laughs> the finish line is in our sights. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, Eleanor, but I'm hearing the... The first time I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> and I'm like, At first I thought you were going to do like, I don't know, like a predator, like, it's being dramatic. It's like we're nearly there. I can't believe it. We're nearly there. It's mad, isn't it? I know. It's weird. Only this one and another one to go, and then we've done season mm-hmm. one. We've done season one. Okay, Very so exciting. yes. So this episode is season one, episode twenty-two. Two twos. One two. Buckle my shoe. All the twos. <laughs> Alone again is what it's called. Alone again. Naturally. Naturally. First aired 11th of May 1998. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. UK number one okay. was what? All Saints. <laughs> Never ever. Had. No. Oh! We've already had that. Oh. Under the Bridge slash yes, Lady, Lady Marmalade. Marmalade. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, that was such a good version. Yeah. And then I also really like their version of Under the Bridge because they completely change up the melody for that, don't they? Do they? Yeah. Because the Red Trot Chip, we'll probably have to insert a clip because people don't want to continuously hear us recreate people's songs. They but, don't. Um, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers is... I don't know why I feel like I did that day but take me to the place I love Take me all the way um, Yeah, but what did they do? They go, um... I remember at the time you were like, this is nothing compared to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, I am a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. So at the time I was like, they have ruined it. This is not what they intended. They just funked it up and fucked it up. Um, But I do like both for different reasons. Yeah. No. I, I, I don't think I'm Let's listening to... Let's go get our khaki pants on and <laughs> do some All Saints karaoke because that sounds like a fun night. It does sound like a fun night. Yeah. Okay, so, death news. <laughs> May the 14th, yeah. uh, Frank Sinatra died. Oh. Singer and actor, 82. Yeah, track. I... I remember that, but I feel like I it was more don't. recent. No, it was fourteenth uh, of May ninety eight. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, no, I don't remember this being news. Oh, well, it was news. Yeah. Anyway, fifteenth of May, the Horse Whisperer was released in the US. Now, which I re- was the film debut of Kate Bosworth, apparently. Yes. The Horse Whisperer. Yes. As in, based on the book. 
I think so. Yeah. yeah. I remember, so, uh, cast your mind back into 1998. <laughs> I remember at that time, right, I was not the glowing, confident woman you see before you. <laughs> I was a um, really insecure, horribly bullied child yeah. in, trying to just get through high school. Um, and Trying to hold on. <laughs> and I had no friends. Like, I, I, it was really sad. Like, I'd gone through, the problem was, I went to high school with my best friend from primary school and as soon as we got there she like flipped on me <laughs> and was like oh uh, I know a way I can make friends by pointing out all the stupid things that are wrong with LJ and then all of the people were like me and not LJ yeah. which worked a treat <laughs> I mean credit to her she knew what she was doing Jeez. but I basically went, spent the first couple of years of high school like going around all the various cliques in my class being like can I be your friend and they were like no <laughs> <laughs> but I like really tried with like I'm like each month I'd be like right I'm really gonna make an effort with this group and really try and then I, by the end I'd be like no so it got to the point where it was like <laughs> this eventually is really me. <laughs> well, this is payback for the death <laughs> but it got to the point where I'd like exhausted groups but one of the groups and and for the rest of my time there I was like fuck you all I'm just gonna sit on my own which is yeah. what happened until I left school yes however at that time when I was still like. <laughs> trying to show myself to people like please I actually invited one of the girls in one of the groups to go and see The Horse Whisperer with me at the cinema and it was mum's idea to go and invite her because she was like one of the ways you can make friends is think about you know things that those people like and then suggest activities to do with it and I knew that this girl was really into horse riding so I was like oh um so woman, no, so girl, um, I hey hear girl. you're into horse riding, um, I've had this new film's come out, how do you fancy going to see it? She was just like, so she didn't say this in so many words, but she basically went, I would rather be doing anything <laughs> So I was like, ah! and I went back to home to mum being like, mum, I put myself out there, and she just slammed the door in my face, this is terrible advice. Why did you tell me to do this? So yeah. Oh my god. Oh I mean it's god. fine because I then went on and left the high school and went somewhere else and ended up having being fine. Like yeah. I proved that it wasn't me, it was them. And you I just were, went to a bad like had a bad class. Yeah, I, I really think you were because I went to the same school as you and didn't have nearly as bad a time. Yeah. And I, I do think you were just really unlucky with yeah. the fact that because I went to the same school with a friend from primary school yeah and she didn't do that no. to me she didn't stab me in the back I and mean be like... I was just really unprepared because we'd been friends through primary school and primary school we wasn't it was really nice like small friendly primary school where yeah. the concept of like having a power play was and also she was like the youngest in her family and she had like two older brothers yeah so I feel like and I'm obviously the oldest so yeah. I had no one to like learn from no one that I knew that had been to big school yeah. high yeah. school before me um so I was just like they're like well this is just gonna be a bigger version of yeah primary school where yeah. she was like no I've got a sink or swim like do you know what I mean really weird and I was it? just like really unprepared for it yeah what well, I would have been <laughs> if my friend had turned around and done that I would have been like what yeah like yeah I, I completely what I, I see I'm, now is it must have come from insecurity in some regard oh yeah like, completely and it's fine because although I didn't have any friends for the majority of high school 
certainly none in my class. I then went on to make friends elsewhere and like prove that it was, there's nothing wrong with me per se. Yeah, it's just yeah. that these bitches were idiots. <laughs> <laughs> bitches. <laughs> um, and you know, it's just the way it is. Um, and it certainly helped me make me who I am today because I feel like a lot of my personality is not caring what other people think of me. And that's come from so many years Having where I that. had to do that. Yeah. Otherwise I'd be distraught every day. Yeah, yeah. Know? So I just can't imagine, like, because you were, I don't think you were very open about it at the time. Like, I don't no. remember knowing that at the time about you. I feel like I just sort of was like, well, it's happening, just dig deep. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not very good at, like, if something bad is happening in my life, I'm really bad at, like, sharing it. Like, it usually comes to a, a head, thing. and then I'm like, <laughs> But I do a similar thing of like if if something bad happens to me, I just shut down yeah. and just just get through it, and then yeah, I can look back and be like, well, yeah. that was horrible. Yeah, like I don't I don't quite know how yeah. to deal with it at the time, so I just kind of pretend it's not happening a little bit. And I think like, I'm getting better on. as I've gotten older, but certainly when I was in my but teens, for doing that in my early twenties, yeah, yeah, like that's really horrible mm. yeah i mean it's I, fine this <laughs> one i was like i put this little tidbit in cultural stuff about the horse whisperer being like i don't know that we'll have anything to talk about like mildly interesting film debut of kate, kate bosworth and then you're like i've brought up all these like triggering memories <laughs> no <laughs> it's fine it just reminds me of this idiot who said no didn't want to go to the cinema with me oh your loss oh, yeah <laughs> do you not want to see kate bosworth um yeah. So, shall we crack open the old penultimate episode? Yeah, let's go. So, we open in prison. Yeah. Ali and John are going through security in prison, and John is saying that criminals frighten him, and Ali's saying, you, I break out. And then she <laughs> says that as she walks past the security guard, and she says, my face breaks out. We didn't come here to discuss breakouts. <laughs> Which made me lol. Um, but then they get through security and they get introduced to um, a lawyer called Michael Huttle, who is very recognisable. Um, he's played by Mike Haggerty, or probably better known as Mr. Trigger, the janitor from Friends. Yeah, yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's what um, I recognise him. But from. he's been in so much stuff. He's. I looked up his IMDb. He's been in like ER, Desperate Housewives, Boston Legal, Glee. Community, really Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, he's been in movies, like he was Davey in Wayne's World. Yeah. Like He's just been in so much mm-hmm. stuff, but I certainly know him best as Mr. Trigger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he is called Michael Huttle in this uh, episode of Annie McBeal. He's a lawyer, yeah. and he's um, saying hello and introducing himself to John and Ali. And John says, after they've introduced each other, well, we don't specialise in criminal law, and I have a note here that says... No, they definitely do not. <laughs> we learned that a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, the practice, with the, the yeah. practice, yes. Um, but Michael says, well, this case won't come down to criminal law because we need something unorthodox. And Ali's like, what did he do? <laughs> um, and he says, well, 18 years ago, he robbed a bank. And Ali's like, and they only just caught him now? <laughs> and Michael says, no, he's been in 18 years. Um, and Ali goes... Did he shoot everyone and leave them bullet ridden with blood everywhere? And everyone just kind of looks at her and she says, Well, we need the facts. <laughs> and Michael like like clarifies that he didn't shoot anyone. 
Um, he did most of his time, but then a month prior to release, he tried to escape. And that's what he's facing charges on. Yeah. And, um, uh, and John's like, he served 18 years and he tried to escape with a month left to go. And Annie goes, how stupid is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and John says, well, why do you want us? And Michael says, well, if he's convicted of trying to escape, and I can't see why he wouldn't be, he'll have 12 years added to his sentence. He's 72 years old. He will die in Inside, prison. Yeah. yeah. And John says, well, what do you want us to do? And Michael says, well, whatever it is you do that makes the jury disregard the law. <laughs> so clearly he's got, like, form in... Uh, he's got, like, a rep now. For yeah, like John's now, magic. like, the guy that can bedazzle a jury Yeah, because into... Michael says, pinch your nose to make it whistle. Take a moment, make your feet squeak. You know, my client needs somebody to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Yeah. I'm told you can do it. Yeah. And then John says, say it with me. And her and John go... Uh, Ali and John go... Troubled. Troubled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we cut to Elaine and Richard, and they're in the conference room, and they're starting their kind of weekly meeting. Richard's saying, on the day of trial, they want the biscuit to take over a case. On the very day of the trial? <laughs> and Elaine's like, well, evidently they have no defence, and they figure who better to go in with nothing than John Cage. Um, and she says, Ali's with them at the prison now. Oh, I said they were at their weekly meeting. They're not, they're just, I guess they're tidying up from the weekly meeting. It's just them left. Anyway, as they're talking, they walk out of the conference room. Um, and Elaine's saying, well, Ali's with them at the prison now, and the trial starts at two. So this is giving us some information on, like, how the timeline of this, like, they've literally just got the case, and they need to be in trial this afternoon. Yeah. Um, so it's, like, very quick. So Richard walks up to Georgia and says, Georgia, and this is a different matter, he's yeah. saying, Marsha Halliday, new client, 10 o'clock, wants to sue her ex fiance for emotional distress. Will you meet with her? Knew you would. Thanks. And pass her and leaves. <laughs> and George is like, what? And she like runs after him. And he goes, well, what did her ex-fiancé do? And Richard goes, oh, stiffed her at the altar. Her scorn is our profit. If she's ugly, say yes. And then he goes to leave. And George is like, wait, 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 wait. If she's ugly, say yes. And Richard's like, right. And George is like, if she's not. And Richard's like, well, don't, don't take the case. Duty to mitigate. If she's pretty, she can always find someone else to marry her. If she's a dog, more money in it. Use your discretion. No points for personality. And he just walks off. And George's like, oh. And Elaine smiles. It's and like, they're in titles. Oh, what a surprise. Richard's being a disgusting human being. Like. Yeah. I know. It's, um, so we've got two storylines, I guess, on, yes. on, the, on the docket today. We've got this, like, prisoner escaping a month before and the trial starts today and then we've got Georgia having to deal with someone who was jilted at the altar yeah and Richard's like I can take the case if, if she's, she's ugly, ugly. <laughs> so yeah cool, cool <laughs> um so we come back after the title sequence and Vincent Robbins is talking with John and Ali and Vincent is the Prisoner. old man in prison yeah. and he's played by someone called Dabs Greer who was in he played old Paul Edgecombe in The Green Mile so he's no stranger to a prison uh, storyline okay. and he was also in Little House on the Prairie for many years and he played a character called Mac Lomax in Invasion of the Body Snatchers so he's obviously been around a long time as an action actor yeah okay um, so they, John and Ali are meeting with him because they're like, well, we need to kind of talk to, him. talk to him and find out everything. And he's like going, look, I know it was stupid, a month left in my term. And John's like, why? And, um, and then he's, <laughs> Vincent Robbins are like, are you making fun of me? And John's like, excuse me? And Vincent's like, 
you're blinking. I know I blink. You don't have to remind me. And they're both <laughs> just blinking at each other, like getting annoyed with each other. And John's like, I blink too. And then Vincent says to Ali, does he? And Ali's like, yes. yes. <laughs> and John says, I just blink more when... And then he says, it's a little Tourettean. I pick up on the body movements of others and unconsciously I... And he sort of trails off. And then he says, in trial with Ali, my, my hands switch. switch. It's, it's not, not intentional. intentional. <laughs> and then Vincent turns to uh, Michael, who's also there in the yeah. little um, conversation. He says, he's very peculiar. And John goes... Da, 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 da. And then he says, Bikip, Bikip. And then he goes, just New York. <laughs> like, to stop it, because obviously Poughkeepsie isn't even working anymore. And then Michael says... He does this in court too, but I think it's on purpose. Is it? And John goes, no. <laughs> and then Ali does what I think is probably the best description of John's like funny quirks when it yeah. comes to getting his words out, saying he used to have a stutter, but he corrected it with a song called, with a song. And then she goes, da, 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 da. And then she's like, and then he picked Poughkeepsie to preempt the da, 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 da. But Poughkeepsie is actually in upstate New York. So he sees upon New York instead of Poughkeepsie since it's phonetically less jarring. And then she's like, now. <laughs> he's an excellent lawyer. He's just nervous around criminals, right? <laughs> and John's like, uh, mess. Because <laughs> that's obviously another New York-based yes. phrase. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to a new scene and Michael, um, Huttle and John, they're kind of, and Ali are walking through the court corridor. They've just come out of the yeah. elevator in the courthouse. And Michael's saying duress and John's saying, well, that's all I can think of. And, and Michael's saying, so you're going to argue that he's had no choice but to jump over the wall? And then he's like, well, yeah, based on what he told me. And then he asks Michael, he said, I prefer you not to be at the table. And Michael's like, why? And he's like, well, we need to look like underdogs. And at the moment we've got like three lawyers, which is too many already, but also given your girth. Considerable girth. Yeah. And John's like, um, sorry. And then Michael's like, because obviously if you know Mr. Trigger from yeah. Friends, he's like a larger man. Yeah. Um, and Michael's like, I know the facts. Of course I'm going to be at the table. And, and he storms off. off. Um, and then a woman, you hear this woman yeah. calling out, a woman's voice calling out John. Going like, John? John? Like, is that you? Yeah. Um, and a woman comes up and it's some, uh, the actress is Cynthia Stevenson and she's been in lots of things. Uh, I, she was in the film Jennifer's Body. She played Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Dove in that and she's also in that. Cheers. I can't remember what character she played in Cheers. But yeah, but basically she's playing a character here called Hayley Chisholm. Yeah. Um, and she obviously knows John um, because she comes up to him going, it is you. And John's like, Hayley. And they're like, I've never seen John like, like, this. like this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like really nice. He's like really excited to see her. And she says, oh, I'm the DA on the Robbins case. And I saw your name and I couldn't believe that it was you. Oh my God. And they like really, they hug really warmly. Yeah, yeah. And like, she's saying, oh, how are you? And whilst they're hugging and John goes, I'm a little pressed for air. <laughs> she's like hugging him so tightly. And she's saying she just got transferred back from wherever she North was living. Hampton. Yeah, yeah. And then she introduces herself to Ali um, and explains how they know each other. She says, we were classmates in law school. And then she turns back to John and says, are you first chairing? And John's like, I am. And she's like, oh, I don't believe it. And she does like a little, a little hop, hop, like a skip. <laughs> and then John does a little skip as well. And Ali, Ali's like framed in between the two of them on either side of the... And you can see and she's in Ali's just... face, like she's really kind of enjoying. Yeah, she's, she just thoroughly charmed yeah. by this entire thing because yeah, yeah. she's like this is wonderful <laughs> 
<laughs> John like does this little hop. Yeah. And then she says, oh, and Hayley explains to Ali, like, when we got excited, we'd do this hop. And when we walked out of our torts final, we did the hop. And she's like, he's very funny. Do you know how funny he is? And yeah. Ali's like, I've seen some hints. And then she goes, my little biscuit. And she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah, she cups his face and kisses his yeah. cheek. Yeah, and then she says, oh, this will be such a treat. And she walks off. And as she's walking off, ho- off she sort of hops to herself. Like, yeah, she does a little hop before going <laughs> into the so courtroom. Which is so cute. Yes. Um, and then Ali is obviously left alone with John. And she sort of says to him, she's like, old, old friends, friends huh? huh? And, and then, then <laughs> Ali walks off. And as she walks off, she does a little, like, hop parody of a hop <laughs> yeah. and turns around and smiles. Which and John looks like cute. a little bit bashful yeah he's like embarrassed yeah it's so cute it's so cute and I think uh, like Hayley is just instantly charming like you say like she's really I instantly really love Hayley from the first scene you meet her well she's just so nice with John she's so good yeah and John clearly really likes her yes um so yeah so Georgia, next scene, Georgia is meeting with Mary, who is played by McNally Sable, who was in Ocean's 8. She was in Pleasantville as the science teacher. She was in Sons of Anarchy as a character called Margaret Murray. Oh, yes, I remember her from that, yeah. So she's been in a few things as well. So Georgia's meeting with Mary, uh, as she's known in this episode, and um, she's talking, she's trying to sort of get to the bottom about why she wants to sue her husband for, or her not husband, I suppose, her ex-fiance, ex-fiance. for leaving her at the altar. Because I think she's trying to caution her against it because it's it's a tough settle to a court. They don't yeah, like to get involved. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so she's like, you know, and she says, she says, I know you're hurt. The question you really have to ask yourself, and Mary kind of says this at the same time, will suing him really make me feel better? And so Mary's like, she's not like this, like upset or like irrational person she's, she's like very, I thought this through like very, I know she 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 does sound very angry she's still. angry yeah. but she's aware of the difficulties they will have yeah in she's court just like and like the problems with it but she her argument is like he didn't just break up with me he left me at the altar yeah exactly minister 300 guests flower girls bridesmaids my mum all that <laughs> she goes it's not legal to sever a man's penis I know this I actually hired a lawyer to, to look, look it up, up. <laughs> and I was like I like her <laughs> Um, and Georgia says here's the problem courts don't like emotional distress claims when it comes to love lives especially marriages they think you're finding blame which defeats the purpose of no fault which is some legal mumble jumbo to say basically um, it's we not want sort to touch of contract that the courts like to get involved with yeah. um, and Mary says well I understand but I think if you could just get the judge to see the lawsuit as an alternative to castration he may look more favourably on it and Georgia's like <laughs> I see and then she's Mary says, can I be straight with you? Can I be candid with you? And Georgia's like, and you haven't been so far. (laughs) And she's like, in addition to losing the love of my life, I was utterly humiliated. 300 people in the church looked at me with one common feeling, pity. And she was like, and then she goes, maybe I should just get some counselling. And Richard comes in at that point because he's been eavesdropping. I am just like, yes, that's the right course, like counselling. Because, yeah. That is a horrible thing. Yeah. But, yeah. But like, it, I don't think it's something that you should necessarily get the courts involved, involved with. with. But yeah. anyway, Richard comes in with the exact opposite advice, saying, yeah. no, cancelling won't help you. Your instincts are right, Marsha. Can I call you Marsha? And she's like, I guess, but my name is Mary. Um, <laughs> and Richard says, um, there comes a time in our lives when we have to go forth and be vicious. And he holds her hand. Ugh. And he goes, this man, 
I'm sure he's a good man at heart, maybe even a kind man, but he needs to suffer. And this is exactly what she wants to hear. Yeah, she's, she's like smiles. out for revenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we're in court um, with Vincent Robbins and, and Hayley is questioning a witness. And he seems to be someone who was working at the prison. Like a guard, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So he's talking about how he happened to know that Vincent was building a chest in shop class. Yeah. Um, supposedly for his granddaughter, it was big and wide and huge. And Haley is asking how he got it out in the yard. So obviously this chest has something to do with how he's he escaped. tried to escape. Yeah. Um, and the guard is saying, I don't know, he must have had help. And um, Haley's like, well, just tell us what you saw. And he said, well, it was nighttime. I was in the tower. And we get like a flashback sequence yes. at this time. Yes. And he says, I looked over and I saw him jumping on it. It was a trampoline. He'd made a t- kind of trampoline. Yes. And he was jumping higher and higher. And I yelled at him, but he kept jumping. And that's when I suddenly realised what was going on. And then up he went right over the wall. And then they apparently went and got and retrieved him because he wasn't going anywhere. He'd sprained both of his ankles. Yeah. And then Haley stops questioning him. And on her way back to her seat, she does a little hop. Yeah, she does this little hop before she sits down. <laughs> exactly. So then John gets up uh, to have his turn to question him. And he gets up and he introduces himself to the witness and says, how are you? And he's like, I'm fine. And John says, splendid, nothing, nothing further. further. <laughs> and then everyone's like incredulous and Vincent just blinks like Vincent Robbins just does his blinking routine. I really like that Hayley looks surprised, but she's like smiling. Like she's, she's like, like ah, you little bit <laughs> She loves him, yeah. Um, so Hayley and John are walking out of the courtroom like thick as thieves. Yeah. Um, and Hayley's like, oh, gee, you really got me there. I had no idea you'd tell the witness your name. And John was like, well, John's trying to reason with her and be like, what is the point of this case? He served his term. You know, and Hayley's like, well, it's not up to me. Prison escapes, we have to come down hard. And John's like, 12, he's trying to bargain with her, basically. But over at this, uh, while this is going on, Ali has, like, taken herself off to the side to, like, the water fountain. Yes. But is kind of, like, keeping an eye on the interaction between John and Hayley. Yeah. So Hayley's not budging on the bargaining. She's like, Mm. sorry, I have to do it. Office policy. But then she's like, you look, they go into personal matters. she goes, you look great. And John's like, well, thank you. And John asks about how Fred is, who I assume is her husband. other. And Hayley says, divorced. And then she says, you know, it's hard working and, um, you know, everything. And then she says, are you married? And John says, no. And Hayley says, anybody? And he's like, I, um, no. And then she says, you know what? The best relationship I ever had with a man was you. There's something to be said about platonic friendships. They don't disappoint. This is where... Ali starts to come closer and then she sort of interrupts and says, did you have any luck with oh, well, the bargaining? J- John, when she says that, when she says there's something to be said, oh, platonic, sorry, yeah. platonic friendships, they don't disappoint. John says like, yep. And the way he says it, it like the response is so loaded. Like you can tell that this was an unrequited love situation. Yeah, I think from that moment. Yeah, because he's obviously she... disappointed by the fact that. Yeah, well, it's it, platonic, this... but he does. It's not platonic. It, 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 yeah, side. it's from his side. It was always he always wanted more. Yeah, like, and you can tell that immediately. I think. I think the way Peter McNichol like plays the scene. Yeah, is like so well done. Yeah, because you just you know instantly what what this the history of this relationship is. Well, so Ali clearly 
knows because yeah. um, she comes up whilst Hayley's still there and says, oh, any luck? And John's like, oh, no, apparently she's saying office policy. And Hayley's like, you know, prison escapes, I promise not to do my best. And then <laughs> yeah. she, like, walks off. And then when, when Ali and John are alone, Ali turns to John and says, does she know that you were in love with her? Yeah. And John's like... I wasn't in love with no. her. Yeah. He's like, then Ali says, do you think she knows? And John just goes, uh, blah, 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 get Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and walks off, yeah. So Ali's so got John she, rattled. Yeah, she's proper <laughs> And she's on to him, yeah. yeah. So now we're in the conference room and Mary is sitting um, at the table and Elaine comes in with a boombox. <sighs> Um, and she introduces herself and says, uh, you know, she says, I'm Elaine Vassell. Perhaps you've heard of me. And Mary goes, not really. And I was like, <laughs> I was just like, why would she have heard of you? Like, I don't know where you've got but this But then from. Elaine goes, I'm surprised. Anyway. <laughs> but she says, um, I want you to know, I've, uh, share your pangs of loneliness and I've invented a husband CD. Um, oh. because she thinks it can bring a lot of relief. And Mary is like, a husband CD? And... <laughs> And then goes, all the sounds of a spousal relationship. You can carry it in your pocket. Track one, your husband opening the car door for you like a perfect gentleman. Him sleeping next to you. Tracks three through six, normal husband sounds heard around the house. its course but it is a marriage i i just thought so this is obviously elaine's latest invention which is i am just like hilarious who has allowed this to happen but <laughs> i think it's so funny because to me it seems like elaine has completely not got the point of like a long-term relationship no. it's not like the soundtrack to your life <laughs> it is like the intimacy the closeness and yeah. you can't get that from the yeah CD. like that's not what a person is missing in no. sound effects <laughs> out of interest what sounds would you put on your husband's <laughs> um snoring no yeah. my husband doesn't snore um i put on video games like uh, uh, damn no yes. no uh, what are you doing no like workout sounds like of him like <clears throat> puffing and puffing when he's doing like press-ups or something <laughs> like because he does that sometimes um uh i put I don't know, like, um, oh, the Nutribullet sound, because he uses <laughs> that more than me. Sound. Like, he makes smoothies all the time. Okay. Um, um, I'm trying to think. He's not a very noisy person, my husband. I'm the loudest one. Just general... <laughs> I call him... <laughs> Sometimes I just call him Mr. Crashbang, because he just stomps all over <laughs> and like slams things and he just doesn't even it's not out of anger he's just like really big and bolshy and just doesn't like realise his own strength yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. I often call him Mr Crashbang <laughs> my husband doesn't really do that he doesn't um, slam stuff uh, yeah he's maybe just like silence I don't know <laughs> silence <laughs> um, or like I don't know Playing with the cat or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I think, yeah, I think those are the sort of main. Or like <laughs> what my partner does a lot is like go, uh, like <laughs> 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 he just go like uh, a lot. Uh, <laughs> like when he's talking, but then that's talking, you know. Yeah, what I mean? it's like, not the same as like it's a vocal tick. Like I wouldn't do. 
The car door, we don't have a car. I wouldn't no, have a we snore. Don't have a car. I wouldn't I mean toilet, I guess. He doesn't watch ball games. Um, no. He doesn't really fart that much, to be honest. So. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So, next scene. Vincent Robbins is on the stand. Yes. And he is being questioned by John. Um, About how he did yes. his escape. So he's saying... From the, the day he got in there, the only thing he could do was think about getting it out. And so what he did was collect rubber bands. So whenever he got his hands on any, he, he would hoard, hoard them. Yeah. Um, so sometimes he'd get some from around the papers that he'd get from the library, or prisoners would slip in ones, or visitors could smuggle in like much Whole handful. big handfuls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said he once bribed one inmate with braces to give him all he had. And while he's describing this, there's flashbacks of all these yes. things kind of happening. But basically he would collect them and dream about a trampoline, like see himself going over the wall. And he said building the box was easy, but collecting the rubber bands is what took so long. It took him 18 years. And John said, how do you keep it a secret? And he said, well, as I knitted them together, I was also knitting an afghan to conceal them. But finally I finished and I had a blanket of rubber bands to put on the chest to make a trampoline. And he finished in January, which was a month prior to release date. And so John says, I have to ask the question that's on everybody's mind, or actually, I don't, do I? And Vincent says, Why? That's what I said. Only a month ago. What good does it do? Forget it! I did. And suddenly, part of me just went dead. Eighteen years of planning towards something, wondering whether you can actually do it. When I went out that night, I said to myself, just see, you don't actually have to go over, but just see. And I kept going up. I felt like I, I was flying, but I couldn't know. I, I had to try to go over. Now, I knew it would be stupid, but I thought I had wings. And my moment was here. 18 years. Next thing I knew, I was going over the top. <laughs> I landed with a huge thud. I just lay there. I thought I'd broken every bone in my body. But in my mind, I've never been more free. I was free forever. Um, and as he's describing all of this, there's like a flashback of yeah, you him, see jumping. him jumping. And he's almost doing like, I don't know what the word is, like pirouettes and like he's like flapping his arms yeah. at times. Like, I mean, like a bird. Can like... I just say, there's no way it's possible to do what he did. No. Like, this is a complete fantasy. Yeah, oh, completely. It's not realistic no, in, the in any way. Whatsoever. You completely have to suspend your disbelief yeah. on this one. Yeah, very true. Very because true. even in the flashback, they don't make it look possible. Because like, look look there's like that massive wall yeah and it's like there's no way he just vaulted over it that yeah. just wouldn't happen yeah 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 um no, but anyway he looks very happy as he's recounting it as well in yes. the courtroom like he's just got this like misty eye yeah he gets very quite sort of teary yeah, yeah. and ali is like open mouth yes like, <laughs> well, like enraptured by the tail um but anyway then the next scene after he's told everyone this is in the kind of ante room next to the court and <laughs> Hayley is crying and she's oh, saying yeah. this is why 
I get transferred. I just cry when I hear the defendant's story. A DA shouldn't do this. Last year I was in juvie. This boy ran down a neighbourhood. He talked about his abusive parents. On cross, I offered to adopt him. <laughs> and John just walks over to her and says, Hayley, look at me. Please. And Hayley's like, oh, all right. Yeah, she just completely drops the pretense immediately. <laughs> Which is so funny. And John's like, she lulls the defence with false sympathy, then in summation laments the demise of the death penalty. I know. <laughs> and Hayley's like, I forget he knows all my secrets. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And Ali's like, do you know all of his? And John's like, blah, 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 knickerbockers. <laughs> And then Hayley uses the remote to open her briefcase. Yeah, Ali's <laughs> eyes are like on stalks. She's like, what? They're soulmates. They both use gadgets. Um, oh, so Hayley's going, I don't have any rebuttal witnesses. Um, so I'll cross, then I'll close. Um, are you ready? And John's like, yep, I'm all set. And then Ali decides to invite Hayley out to eat tonight because um, she's like super keen to get them together. Um, And she's like, no talking about the case. And Hayley's like, I'd love to, but I'm in Lamar's class tonight and I'm trying to take it seriously. It's important. And Ali's like, "Uh, are you pregnant? Pregnant? <laughs> when you said that, just reminded me of that YouTube video. Yes! Like, That's what happened. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. What were the other ones? It's on the case. <laughs> Girlfriend ain't here, period, in two days. Is she purgate? <laughs> with someone basically <sighs> reading out some kind of com- comments on like advice forums about getting pregnant, pregnant. but they've misspelled pregnant, pregnant every time and they're reading them out <laughs> as they're written and it is honestly one of the funniest YouTube oh videos. my god it's I cry cool. laughing yeah, I every know. time it's really funny but yeah but <laughs> yes, you <laughs> are pregnant <laughs> pregnant girlfriend ain't here period in two days is she pregnant Haley's like, maybe I should could, could blow, blow off, off one, one class. class. And Ali just looks really happy. And she looks pleased. So Cupid has got her way. I know. So then we're with Mary, Richard, and Georgia in Cajun Fish. And uh, Mary is, well, they're discussing how they're going to set up the what they're suing him for. And they're talking about attaching the house. And Georgia's saying that's because if you attach real estate, that means you get an automatic hearing. Um, and then Elaine says you've got an, comes in and says you've got another hour because the motion's at ten. And Mary's like, do you think the judge will put a lean on it? And Richard says probably not. We've got to show likelihood of victory. This is what this what this will do is kickstart the war in a way. It will make you feel married to him. <laughs> um, and Mary's saying, you know, with all this practical, like real legal information yeah. happening, like the proceedings are really kicking off now. Mary's saying she's starting to have second thoughts. 
and Richard is like, never trust second thoughts. Where there's two, there's three, and you'll end up thinking forever. Only think of this. <laughs> you were about to take wedding vows with this man. Death us do part. You parted. What's holding up death? And I'm like, Richard, this is so irresponsible. I know, and she does look completely unconvinced and a little disgusted. But the bit where he's like, never trust second thoughts. Like, I think we've just found the root of the entirety of Richard's dysfunction. <laughs> like, yeah. never think. Always go with your first thought. Yeah, like, is I know. That, he's just like... He's such a moron. Of, of course. But he's also course. just irresponsible with clients. He's not giving them advice for their best interests. No, it's, it's all about cynical money-making. But you have a duty of care when you have a yeah. client. I just think it's But he d- he's not in it for that. Anyway... Next scene, John and Ali are coming out of the Cajun Fish elevator, coming into the office. Yeah. And John is saying, um, why did you... Like, he's having a go at Ali for inviting Hayley. Yes. And she's like, I had a feeling. And she says, well, I should say, you had a feeling. But I'm kind of the person who acts on feelings, even if they're not my own. And I'm like, well, that's not yeah, cool. No, like, it's not okay. It's not your decision. <laughs> yeah. And Ali's like, look, she hops. She has a briefcase remote. She takes Lamar's. And she's... And John's like, say it. And they've made their way at this point to Ali's yeah. office. And she says, a little kooky. And um, she's asking, like, did you ever go out? Was there anything between you? And John's like, no. And she goes, you never asked her out in any other way than a Pluton way? <laughs> and John's like... Platonic. Platonic. <laughs> like, you fucking moron. Like, what is it with Ali mispronouncing, like, words that she should know? Yeah. Like, she's done this before. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, what was it? She said cupboards about Chicago when Cubbies. she meant cubs. And then, like, Pluton way. It's like, platonic is a word. Like, yeah. it's not even a particularly complicated word. Yeah. Anyway, but... Yeah, she's, um, John says, firstly, how could you tell? Um, he wants to know how Ali could even tell that he liked her. Um, and Ali's like, well, just like you can tell when I see something, I can tell what's going on with you. And John said, a while ago, I think at the Christmas party, you said I was odd, but like it was a special thing to be. And Ali's like, well, it is, sometimes. And John says, well, most people look at me like I'm odd strange, not odd special. You were the first person since Haley to... And then he goes, she got me. She really did. I've never laughed with anybody. So, and Ali says, so why didn't you ever? And John says, well, I was afraid that I'd spoil it. There's not, that's not some bell that you get, get to, to unring. And he says, I did ask one week before graduation. And I tried to guise it as sort of a joke, half serious, half joke. That way, if she wasn't interested, I could chalk it up to something else, you know, yeah. trails off. And he says, I told her what a great friendship it was and how I thought maybe that we should be a couple. Unfortunately, she thought it was my best joke yet. And I was like, but she never knew you weren't joking. And then you never, so that means you never really took a chance. And John says, I opened the door, the door struck me in the nose. And then she met the love of her life and got married. And I was like, well, but now she's, she's now divorced. divorced. And then she says, John, I'm pretty much over Billy. 99.60%, which I thought was funny. <laughs> and she says, but there will come a day when I am totally over him. But you know what I'll never get over? And John's like, Greg? Like, <laughs> she's like, no. no. Glenn? No. no. And she's like, the idea that when Billy left, I just let him. So what that my heart got crushed? I just protected my ego at all costs. Well, that was me at my most foolish. And I have set records in that department. If your feelings are a fraction of what mine... Oh, John, you've got to take a chance. You have to. And I'm like, this is just bad advice. I'm sorry. Really? Because I've got something. Advice. I've got, um, this is actually some good advice for me. No. Because when, well, 
But it, so I'm reading it from the fact that she's comparing it to Billy. So it's a different situation. But when she's talking about her Billy situation, she's like, the thing that I'll never get over is that when Billy left, I just let him. So what that my heart got crushed. I just protected my ego. That was me at my most foolish. I'm like, no, that was probably you at your most sane. Like you should not just keep running after people regardless of what Yeah, I, I think that bit where she's like, I just let him. It's like, well, what could you have done? Like held him against his will? But what she's saying <laughs> is you have to... Go take a chance and go after him. Just keep going after him. Like well, never I, let that I, go. I don't think. And I'm like, no. Sometimes no, you do have no, to let no. things go. I don't think that's what she's saying. I think she's going. If your feet, if you really feel strongly about this person, you've got to take a chance and seriously ask them. Yeah, but she to, didn't do that with Billy, and she's saying that was her her most foolish. And I'm like, no, no you. That was fine for you not to do that. I don't. I'm not sure that that's. Uh, because that's when she goes from there to saying that John, that's her rationale yeah, for saying so John I think, has to go So I think she's conflating two different things. Absolutely. Yeah. So she's going, I didn't take a chance and go after Billy when he wanted to break up. Yeah. Like, that's a different thing. Yeah, it but is. But I think, I think telling someone that if you feel, if you've never... If you're friends with someone and but you feel more like but you never take the chance and actually ask them for more, then that that is a foolish thing to do. That is that 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 is something that I think that is one of those things that if you don't do you will regret because you just don't know what their response could be. If because I mean, if their response was no, I just don't feel that way about you. Mm. Then at least you know. At least you tried. At least you yeah, asked. But that, so it's so difficult because I've been in this situation before. But on the other, I've been in the Haley position. Yeah. Um, and the John in my situation didn't say anything until it was too late. Like mm. I'd already started going out with someone. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I think I've been secretly in love with you this entire time and to me it was heartbreaking because yeah. not because I wanted to I could have said yes because I just didn't see him that way at yeah. all but it was more the case of well our friendship's just completely changed now and we were never friends really again after that and we were such good friends before but I think that situation I think but I think that at least you both knew where you stood because I think that there is a thing of like, I think you're allowed for someone to turn around and be like, I just can't be friends with you anymore then because it's too painful. Yeah. Like, I think that's But also, allowed. I think it's true because I have had unrequited love before from, I've, I've had it for yes. other people. And you can kind of get over it. Yeah, I think. I so think... I'm almost like, could you have just waited it out? I mean, maybe not in John's case because it had been so long and he still obviously has those feelings. Yeah. But, like, I feel like... I think I think it depends, yeah. like, what how strong those feelings are. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, I think in some cases you can just kind of be like, oh, I had a really intense crush on you when we first kind of knew each other. Yeah. But actually then you got together with someone and it dissipated and yeah. I got on with my life and I still liked you as a person and... And like you as a friend, and for me, and I good think for I'd that. way up like how amazing the friendship is, and how important it is to you, and how um, much value the friendship brings to your life. Way up the fact that you could maintain the status quo, and it would be difficult in the short to medium term, whilst you still have these like other intense feelings. Mm. But on the basis that eventually you'll get over it. Yeah. Versus 
telling them having that like weight off your shoulders in the short to medium term but long term your friendship's not really going to be the same because if the, if the friendship's not is important but not so important that if it wasn't there you it would be the end of the world then mm. fine it's worth taking the risk it's like do you know what i mean it's like a different risk either side but i think if you're that good of friends and you both still value the friendship despite someone wanting stronger fit other things i think you could get past that mm. I think there's a way of being honest with each other, n maybe not feeling the same things, but still getting past that as a friendship. Mm. But it, it requires both wanting to do that. Yeah. Like, and if you have one person who's just like, I can't, I'm out, I yeah. can't do it. Like, then that's their right to do. Oh, for sure. You know? like, for sure. And, you can't and, control and other that, people. But it is, it's a very sad situation. It's very sad. It's, it's, it's not, no one wins. No, yeah. no one wins. Yeah. And it's no one's fault as no, well. No, exactly. So it's really yeah. sad. Anyway, so, I, I don't know, I think it was the comparison with the Billy situation yes. that you made yes. clear. I think I think you're right, it's, completely different and she probably shouldn't have used that as the basis as to go the well, reason. that's the rationale that I'm saying yeah you must I didn't take a risk in a time to... where you shouldn't have taken a risk because well, just, he was leaving I mean I don't like yeah if someone wants to leave the relationship there's not much you can do about that there really isn't like yeah, I think beg them to stay I mean I I don't know I mean at the same time though like I yeah I don't know I don't know. Anyway. anyway. Anyway, I'm not against John going for it in this case, no. I suppose. Especially yeah. as he's managed so well without her. Like, yeah. they've clearly not been in each other's lives for a little while. And yeah. It's been okay. So, yeah. yeah. So then we get shots of Boston, and uh, <laughs> then we're in the court with Mary. Um, so, Mary, Richard, and Georgia have gone in, and Georgia is sort of. I don't know, being snarky with Richard because she's like, you're going to bill her for this futility. Like, yeah. this is like just taking money off her just, for nothing. Just taking the purse. And Richard's like, well, we'll know soon enough if we're um, going to get kicked. Um, what concerns me is your outlook. And Georgia's like, my outlook. And Richard's like, well, instead of saying nobody's ever won this kind of case, you could say nobody's, nobody's ever won, won this, this kind of case. case. <laughs> you know, there's a joy in being a pioneer. Give me your shoe. And Georgia's like, no. no. <laughs> and what's funny is they... Um, sit down at the table at this point and then as soon as they sit down the clock's like alright <laughs> so they get immediately back up um, and Rich is still like ranting at her saying your problem is you focus on merits things don't turn on merits this is a court of law things turn on judges and juries um, and then they announce the judge and then there's really dramatic music because the judge <laughs> is Judge Cone and Whipper walks in and Richard goes and occasionally things turn on me <laughs> so yeah, things Whipper aren't gonna... is the judge yeah. so Georgia it's is... a bit later yeah yeah and she, she's just like perhaps you should recuse yourself to Whipper and... well they're in um, they're up Georgia's up arguing in, with opposing counsel in front of Whipper like they've got yeah. like a conference I don't know what they call it you know when they, the two sides come up and just argue in front of the judge yes for, it's like a pre-trial sidebar conference yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah Georgia's asking that she should recuse herself and Whipper's like why, why? And Georgia's like, you want me to say in, in open, open court? court? And Whipper's like, the fact that I had alleged sexual relations with your co-counsel doesn't make me impartial. Truth be told, it was so unremarkable. I barely remember it. I don't hang on to trivia. And I was like, yes, Whipper. <laughs> I love that Georgia goes, well, I'm glad you have no bias. <laughs> 
And Richard asks to speak, and um, Whipper's like, given the lunacy of the case, sure, I expect you to do the speaking. And Richard goes, excellent. Verbal spankings leave me wanting for more. Let's address the merits of this case. And Whipper's like, well, this case has no merits. Courts yeah. don't step in to protect jilted brides. Courts don't legislate love. Um, no fault. The whole po- point of no fault divorce is so that courts don't get involved in finger pointing. They, they teach, teach us that. that in second year law school. Did you make it that far, counsel? <laughs> and Richard's like, I did. And one perk of sleeping with judges is that you see how the law really works. Courts not getting involved in love is nonsense. I give you the benefit of the doubt and assume you've spent too much time up close to a hairdryer. Uh-huh. And Whipper's like, hold it. And George's like, can we just sort of spit out the legal arguments and then we can spit on each other? Oh, like, yeah. this is going too far. And Whipper says that she wants to see everyone in chambers. We'll do it there. So and when um, Richard turns to Mary and goes, it's fine, this is pro forma, it's very common, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, like, and she looks a bit like, what the fuck have I just stepped into? Like, because yeah. it's very clearly, yeah. like, this some, is, yeah. This is bordering on the unprofessional. Uh, but I, proper unprofessional. Yeah. Like, it, it, like the... They may be using fancy words, but it's this is not what a court of law should no, be No, like. I mean, he, yeah. uh, the bit where he goes like you spent too much time close to a hairdryer I was just like because she actually stands up and is like hey yeah like, right, he does and that's that. where George is like can we just she's like yeah. before we spit on each other yeah. and, and, and the opposing counsel this entire time is just like mouth open mouth closed mouth open <laughs> like a guppy like he's like not got anything Cannot, to do with this yeah yeah um, Anyway, they all file off, and then we cr- cr- kind of um, cut back to the Vincent Robbins case, and Haley is cross-examining him, um, asking him uh, about his conviction. So he was convicted of robbing a bank 18 years ago. Did you use a weapon? He says yes. And then Haley says, "When you took your little trampoline out, did you do so with the intent to escape?" And John says, "Objection! Intent is a legal term. She's trying to trick the defendant in saying he intended something when all he did felt was a compulsion to clear the wall." And then. Haley starts objecting over the top of John because she's like he's testifying and blah 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 and John's like we should all take moments and he's like this is outrageous and the just, judge is like alright yeah, and they both together go unacceptable <laughs> yeah. so um, then, they're, then they're walking out like thick as thieves again yeah. and Haley's like behind them and Holly's like I knew you to start testifying and John's like and you had to bring up the weapon right love guns uh-huh. and Haley's like well next time I'll tell the client my name and that'll Just get like, him and oh, oh, they're like yeah. lolling together and then John turns to her and is like look neither of us let's let's get real neither of us yeah. want that man to die in jail if you believe he should get 12 that's one thing but office policy that's not you Haley. and like Haley's just like look she the best I can him, give you yeah. is four she offers him four and he says thanks and then Haley goes I can't believe we said unacceptable at the exact same time <laughs> and John's like exact and they like laugh and, and they like, both do a little hop, hop at the together. same time and Annie's just like uh, just, like dumbfounded yeah, yeah but she's like loving it she loves watching them together yeah it's really funny yeah so then we're in Whipper's chambers and the opposing counsel is like, don't get me wrong, I'm tickled by your position, <laughs> but perhaps there is some bias here. Um, and Whipper's saying, you know, my, my bias. bias is legitimately against the suit, you know. Um, Though he doesn't add to its credibility. Yes. And then, oh, this really annoys me this yes. bit. I almost threw in an objection, but okay. I didn't in the end. But where he goes, Whipper, and Whipper goes, Judge Cone. And he's like... Mm-hmm, Judge Cone, Your Honour. 
Uh, it's just the way he does that. Just yeah, so just like, fucking why do I have to pay you respect? It's like she is a judge. She's and your you're fucking judge. To her in yeah. her capacity as a judge, you don't get to undermine that. Just you're really at her. fucked me off. Anyway, he's uh, Rich is arguing that the courts delve into marriage all the time because they enforce prenups and um, alimony. Yeah, and Wilbur's saying, but a jilted bride suing a man, and Rich is like, yes, it's different, but let's not start with the premise that courts don't get involved. They do, and when it comes to child support, courts are perfectly willing to entertain finger pointing. And then Wilbur's like, that's way different, and he's like, it's different, but they get in there. There may be a presumption as to when they stay hands off, but there are no rules. It comes down to fairness. Fairness started palimony suits. Fairness gave rights to same-sex unions. unions. It comes down to the case. And in this case, my client who paid for the wedding and was hung out like a wet binky on the steps of the church... Fairness doesn't say look the other way. The duty of a court and a judge is to see wrong and try to right it. That doesn't change when you've slept with one of the lawyers. Under that robe, besides a phenomenal body, is a good judge. Behave like one. And then he just walks out. Yeah. So he's like, actually so he, put forward a surprisingly persuasive case. Yeah. Like, he's, and he's, but, uh, yeah, he has, but I don't But he has his... been blatantly disrespectful to Whipper during it. Yeah, but like, under that robe, besides a phenomenal body, don't throw that shit in there. Like, yeah. that's not cool. No. It's in front of... It's not like you and her are there on your own. You're no. in front of colleagues and not colleagues that you know and that I'm well. And I'm sorry, you don't turn around to a judge and say, behave like a judge and storm out of no, room. No, that's not... Like, you don't no. get the licence to do you don't, that. You don't have the right to do that. So, yeah. Anyway. So then we're with John and Ali and... Uh, Michael is taking the offer of the four years that he's managed to agree with Haley to Vincent in prison. No, in prison? Are they in prison? I don't know if they're in prison. Yes, they're in the jail, they're yeah. In prison. So Vincent's saying four years, and John's like, you know, that's the best we can do. I think we should convince. And Michael's saying we should consider it. And um, Vincent's like, no. And John says, well, if we lose. Um, we and then Vincent says Mr Cage I don't expect you to understand this but going over that wall was the first thing in my life I truly followed through with and Ali goes you followed through with robbing the bank <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says well truthfully I went, I went along, along with, the, with robbery, the robbery but I hardly I think what he's trying to say is he wasn't like the main perpetrator like he was just an accessory really like in the it, gang yeah, yeah. Um, he was like I had to go over that wall for once in my life it was fun taking that chance. I think it's time I took another one. And Ali smiles because he's like thoroughly charmed her. Yeah. Like she's bought into his like little old man just trying to stick it to the man story. <laughs> <laughs> and John looks quite sort of contemplative. Like, yeah. Is that the word? Contemplative? Yes. Contemplative? Contemplative? I don't know. He's contemplating. Yeah. 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 Um, so then we're in the bar and Vonda is singing I'm in Love Again by Fats Domino. Okay. Um, and Billy, Ali and Renee are at a table. Um, they're at the, yeah, they're at the bar and they're, they're kind of just like expressing. And since you know when. I don't know that song. Oh, yeah. Okay. But like they're like expressing surprise over Richard doing well in court yeah they're like <laughs> Richard Fish our Richard Fish um, and Billy's like Georgia said she was he said he was good he actually made effective arguments maybe he really is a lawyer <laughs> um, and they're asking where he is um, and Billy's like well they're in a settlement conference upstairs they're trying to squeeze something while there's still a chance and then, then Ali 
says, she's like, will you look at them? Have you ever seen him look so happy? And Hayley and John are like dancing goofily their, like, like together. Floor, it's not yeah. like a slow dance. It's like, no. you know, they're just side by side, like being doing some funny moves and making each other laugh. Yeah. Um, and Renee's like, well, maybe it's his smile therapy. And Annie's like, no, that's, baby, don't you let your <laughs> me. That's like, she stops yeah, to like she sing along. Sing along um, she's like, he's really smiling. There is happiness on that floor. Yeah. And Annie's like basically doing everything but swoon at him. Yeah. Like, she just is did really you, getting off on it. Did you notice the way Renee is dressed? No. In this scene? What? Because I feel like this episode, whenever you see her, her hair, and her makeup and the way that she's holding herself and is dressed, like she looks really demure. Ah, what's and she like, wearing? Did you in, know? Did you well, she's got her hair it? kind of like, like a kind of afro version of like half up, half down. Okay, yeah. So it's kind of like that. And then her makeup is very kind of pared back. Okay. And the colours that she's wearing are very muted. I think it's like a brown that she's wearing. I mean, she does and wear those colours a lot anyway because she's but in it's an very office. like it's not it's not well fitted. It doesn't look it looks baggier on her. Oh really? I yeah, to the point where I'm just like, <sighs> it just looks like. Uh, I have been humbled, kind of. That's interesting thing. because they don't make reference to it, so it's no. actually very good attention to detail seems, to the character. Like more withdrawn than normal. So that's, I think that's. Although I don't agree with their stance on it, no, they it really easily, upsets me. They could easily have got away with not changing her at all, and nobody yeah. would have really noticed. noticed. I think it's quite. I like when. For the I most really part, love it. I like you when see... you get attention to detail and, and of how they would be. You know, I well, hate I'm... when they have an episode where the, the next episode of a show is nothing really to do with that storyline, but the and the characters like acting like that never happened. Yeah. Like you know, the episode after the practice episode aired, where it was like, oh, nobody saw anyone's yes. brains get blown yeah, out. Yeah, they're all acting yeah, yeah. completely normal. Yes. <laughs> Whereas in this episode, although I don't like that they've made Renee do that, it, it is probably true given how she was the previous episode, it's true to her character and her continuing story arc for her to be that way. Yeah. And that's... They didn't have to do that. No, very, I, very I, really, I really like it when you see uh, characters like wardrobe and the way they look be kind of a reflection of their psychological yeah. like state of mind like I really love that and that's like really attention to detail yeah. because no one would have really noticed if yeah. they hadn't yeah and and also for but um, it makes me in this context this particular context yeah. it, it upsets me oh sure yeah you know? but I mean just as a principle yeah I mean yeah. them doing that and carrying yeah. that through. psychological state through yeah. into such yeah. like minor things as her what she's dressing and how she's yeah. wearing herself um, and how she is coming across yeah really presenting quite herself. good work yeah 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 Nisa Nicole Carson doing excellent work yeah yeah so I forgot where we were yeah so Ali's like swooning over John and Hayley yeah so then we're upstairs in the conference room and the opposing counsel Richard, Georgia and Mary are all in there discussing um, numbers basically mm, mm. Um, and opposing counsel is offering that we will pay restitution for the wedding costs but emotional distress like nah no, I don't think we'll do that yeah. and Richard goes Mr Pullman may I call you dick no opposing counsel goes my name is George <laughs> 
like the second time in one episode that Richard like doesn't give a shit about. But I really, I really like. I think this is just like really great little personality tick that he's doing in terms of like I really couldn't give a fuck what your name is. I'm gonna call you what I want to call you. You look like a dick to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Richard goes. You're right. Your case, our case stinks, but why apply logic? And basically, cancel George. It's like, it's a habit. <laughs> so he goes, take marriage itself. Is it logical? People aren't even evolved fully as individuals in their 20s and 30s, and this is the time they choose to partner up with compatible soulmates. Science alone tells you physical attraction can't last. You wouldn't buy a car if you had to drive it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Marriage, like law, offers the illusion of a wonderful ideology. In the end, stripped down money give it to us and then there's a knock at the door and whipper asks if she can interrupt and she says i didn't recuse myself because i thought the claim was baseless so any bias i'd have would be irrelevant which i can kind of understand because if she's read the docket and thought well this is ridiculous this is is not going to go anywhere so there's no point recusing myself but then she said as she sat down and considered the atrocities spewing from plaintiff's counsel i was forced to admit the courts are all over the institution of marriage. Tort law does seem to be expanding into broken hearts. In, in as much as the claim may be colourable, I do hereby recuse myself. So she leaves. she leaves. And Richard looks thoughtful. Yeah. So Vonda is now singing Ain't That a Shame, which is also by Fats Domino. She must be doing like a Fats Domino nice. set or something. <laughs> um, but Elaine is dancing with an old man in a, in a like, walking walker, frame. Like, walking frame, which I was like... Okay. You're like dancing next to a literal OAP. Yeah. And then Georgia and Billy are dancing. Ali's dancing on her own. And... No, she's dancing with Renee. Oh, is she? I didn't see Renee. Yeah, Renee's okay, kind great. of like, kind of cut out of shot a little bit, but she's yes. there. Um, and as we enter the scene um, and everyone's dancing, Hayley and John are clearly walking off the dance floor having just been dancing Yeah, they're together. walking arm in arm slowly. Um, and John's saying, oh, we should, um, I'll, I'll see you home. We should share a cab. Um, and Hayley's like, no, if we get in a cab, I'll just start thinking about my closing and I don't need you there like reading my mind. Mm. And then she says, John, why did we stop talking? Do you remember school? We used to talk every single day for hours. Did you hate my husband? And John's like, no and Haley's like well it's just after I got married I just assumed that you didn't like him or something and John's like you assumed that yeah and she's like well anyway now that I'm back I expect to be talking all the time again there's no reason why we can't return to our old glory and John's like no reason and then she says see you in court doughboy and kisses his cheek <laughs> I guess this is a reference to Biscuit yeah, yeah. yeah. and he leaves uh, she leaves even and then Ali runs up to John and says well and John's like she doesn't want to and Ali's like well did you ask her and he's like I didn't have to it isn't there and, and then he's like, like I've got to go yeah and then he sort of goes they both look kind of disappointed and yes. sad yeah so then it's Boston shots in the daytime, so it's the next day. Renee is in the bathroom, Ali is coming out of the kitchen with uh, tea. Um, and they have face masks, they're in dressing gowns. Yeah, they're both in their masks. robes and got face masks. And I was just like, for a weekday. I know, I was like, who has time for this on a weekday morning? <laughs> I know, I mean, who knows? Um, but Ali's talking to Renee about John Hayley, and Hayley yeah. and saying, I just don't get it, she's sweet, yet she insists on keeping this poor man in prison. And Renee's like, poor old man who knocked over a bank and tried to escape i get it and and ali goes you're different you kickbox on dates objection oh yeah this is okay. Objection. i was a bit like mm, that's a bit bad taste yeah i went don't fucking throw this back at renee yeah like this like this was not 
an embarrassing incident that you rib your mate about, no. like, for years after. Like, no. it was her defending herself. Remember that time against... you got sexually assaulted? Yeah. Lol. Yeah, like, remember when you had to defend yourself from a violent sexual assault? <laughs> like, yeah. just like, you went a bit overboard there, didn't you? Like, remember that time you kickboxed on a date because he was grouping you and it was really scary? I mean... Oh, what a scream! It's like what a dickhead! She's like, such that's a not Okay, I know. And yeah, so that I that was my objection. Okay, <laughs> um, and then Renee says, Do, "Have you ever thought about joining one of those dating services?" And Ali's like, "Are you serious?" And Renee's like, "And this is funny because obviously dating, like... dating, and <laughs> online dating is such a like normalised thing now. But obviously back then, yeah. a online dating wasn't a thing. Yeah. You had to join a dating like service, and they sent you like VHS tapes. I know of, like, it's so probable like, candidates. It's so nineties mad. Like it's just so. But also, not very many people did it. I don't think. I don't think it was no, because it, it's not. It is in no way like a convenient, easy thing to do. Like. You get a tape and you have to what like it's just completely It's not spontaneous no, in the way that online dating can be. Like yes. you can just be like, oh who's around tonight? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. nearby. Yeah. Like instead you get basically people's like audition tapes. Yeah. Effectively. It feels like, very different. It's a very yeah. not a very And also you have to like go through the process of like um, applying and like filming yourself and it's a lot more like it's a lot more rigmarole <laughs> yeah anyway um, Renee brings it up and Ali's like because um, she says we hate dating you killed the inflatable man <laughs> we go to the bar R.I.P. David yeah. we go to the bar three nights a week we never meet anybody and Ali's like because we sit at tables if we really want to meet people we need to sit at the bar <laughs> and <laughs> Renee goes Sid Sharpie joined who I have no idea who that is but I'm sure it's a colleague or yeah, something yeah 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 um, because she's given her given Renee her tape and <laughs> Ali's like laughing and she's like you see the guys on the video think about all the time it saves it makes sense and then she, Renee puts the tape on <laughs> yeah and it's a man called William oh I didn't notice <laughs> that but he's talking about how he protects his women how that's important to him and so one oh. of the ways he does this is always sniffing his date's food to make sure it's not putrid so he always sniffs the girl's eggs to do so to not do so would be rude and Ali at this point goes I've got to go and peel my face and like please <laughs> yeah. she's like I have not the time for this this is not good no no I don't think uh... so not only have they got time to do face masks they've got time to watch dating tapes <laughs> Like, what time of the morning are you getting up? I don't know. Do that. Anyway, we're in the courtroom next, and Hayley is doing her closing. And she's basically saying that, you know, it might seem romantic the fact that the guy went up and up and then over, you know, triumph of the human spirit. It's easy to look at it that way. And if you do, (laughs) battery, bad! (laughs) And that's where John says, objection. I love that bit. I wish I could do that if I was a lawyer. Anyway, bad jury, bad. <laughs> but then she says, "The truth is, I kind of look at that way too." So now she's playing like the sim. Like I'm on your. I get it. I, like, understand, I understand why you feel. She's like, there. he is adorable. He's 72. It's hard to put him back in jail, but he broke a law. And cute as he may be, I have a job to do, and so do you. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. So she was quite funny in her yeah. closing. Yeah, I like it. So then John does her uh, his closing, and he 
takes the stance that, you know, it was this duress thing he was talking about earlier in the episode, like he had no other choice to go over that wall. He'd been collecting the rubber bands for 18 years and to survive in prison, you need hope. So for nearly two decades, he fixated all his hope on just that moment. And when it came, how could he not seize it? And then mm. he does a nose whistle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like by accident, I think. I don't think he meant to do that. No. And then he says, the thing about hope, many people secretly wish that moment never presents itself. Because if it does, well, there's a chance the hope could be dashed. And then he starts bringing in some of his current situation into the closing. Yes. He says, I knew a man who was secretly in love with a woman who was his best friend. And Ali's eyes are suddenly like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. radar, yeah. radar. But he never dared tell her for fear she wouldn't return his feelings, for fear she'd stop being his best friend. And at this point, Hayley, like, starts the, the yeah, penny you, you starts Yeah, she's realising that he's talking about himself and therefore yeah. her. Yeah. She says, it, he says... Also, he never asked her because sometimes the beauty of not knowing hope lives. But courage, courage is when the time comes to jump and you jump. Courage is knowing you can't not jump. jump. Somewhere out there is a man with a heart, maybe not broken, certainly not content, who wishes he'd met Vincent Robbins. Maybe things would be... He would salute Vincent Robbins. Yes, he would. And Hayley, like, swallows because she's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, poor old John. I know. So, then Elaine is back in the conference room with Mary playing <laughs> another track. CD. Yeah, on her CD. She's added another track of plate noises because <laughs> apparently she says, you get it, this way you're never eating alone. You just like play this. Knife and fork on a plate. Yeah, she yeah. says, if you don't look up, you'd never know he wasn't really there. And then you hear a burp on the track. Uh. Um, and then she goes, there's too much reverb there. It's fixable. <laughs> Uh, at this point, Richard and George are coming like, in, and Richard's like, "Okay, out. Elaine, thank you. Off you go." Like, <laughs> and, the, oh and Richard says, "We don't know who the case is going to be transferred to because obviously Whippers recused herself, mm. so that it needs to go to someone." But he says, "But the delay gives us um, Helps some time us negotiate. to negotiate a settlement." And George is like, "You know, we could actually survive a motion to dismiss." And then that's when Mary drops her bombshell of actually she's decided to drop the suit because she said the reason I wanted to sue and Richard's like redemption revenge retainer and Mary's like yes besides all of that I felt sorry for myself and my love for him was real my pain was real and Richard was like of course that's why we're here for you and she's like yeah well listening to you negotiate the illogic of marriage love is illusory it's all money suddenly I don't feel sorry for myself anymore I feel sorry for you. <laughs> um, and Richard's like, it's my job to caution you towards reason. So she goes, uh, you may side with reason. You may even be right. I don't know. What I do know, oh, sorry. you certainly don't represent me. Yes. And then she leaves and Georgia gets up and looks at Richard like, good she one. She side-eyes <laughs> yeah. Richard and leaves. And Richard looks at Sighs. Richard sighs and then Elaine comes in and she's sort of going, oh, she looks so unhappy. I think I'll send her a CD. And then Richard goes, shut up, Elaine. You think the cure to loneliness is a compact disc? What? That's your answer? And at this point, I want to throw in a look. Because I'm really done with people using Elaine as their emotional punching bag. And Richard, like, Ali's done it several times, but now Richard does it too. Everyone feels entitled to do this to her. Poor Elaine. Yeah, I know. She's like the dog that gets kicked, isn't she? She is. And it's not cool. It just is not cool. It's an abuse of power and it's abuse in the workplace. It's just not good. Anyway, he does say sorry once he realises that outburst. And then Elaine just quietly says... 
I don't have the answers, Richard. Maybe you could let me in on your secret. It's like, Richard, you don't have all the fucking answers yeah, either. Yeah, exactly. So your your answers to a, like human pain is hardly Elaine, hardly would... like healthy either. Like, if I was Elaine, I would honestly leave. I don't know how she stayed there. The sad thing is, is I think she stayed there because she thinks they are deep down her friends. Yeah, and I think they think that deep down, but they don't act like it. No, they don't treat her like a friend. No, they treat her like well, they treat her like a friend when it suits them. Yeah. Which is not actually being a friend. But I mean, uh, I mean, in this incident, at least Richard realised pretty quickly. Like, as soon as he'd snapped at her, he went, he was, he did kind of have a moment and was like, that's still not making it right. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. The fact is, there is this instinct there that appears to spread from Ali that it's okay To to just like emotionally Elaine yeah like take everything out on her yeah like be nasty to her yeah quite frankly like she that's what she's there for and it's just yeah it's really it's horrible it's not acceptable no so then we're back at the courthouse and John is at the water fountain like taking a drink and Hayley comes up and goes boo (laughs) (laughs) so like and he like gets water water on his face and he says like unacceptable and Hayley helps him to clean up and says you know I was very moved by your closing. Were you talking about who I think? And John initially goes to yeah, sort he goes of go, to oh, kind of no, no, shake no. his head to deny But then it. Yeah. he stops and changes his mind. And he said, yes. And Hayley's like, all that time you're in love with me. And then again, John's like, well, only at the very... And then he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to tell the truth. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Hayley's like, you know that I loved you too, but not in maybe the way you mean. And John's like, oh, oh I know that. of course, yeah. I know that, I yeah. know. And Hayley's like, you're my best, you're the best friend I ever had. Seeing you, even after years of not talking, it's like we were never apart. And John's like, I'm not asking you for anything. I valued your friendship and that's why I just didn't want to jeopardise. And then Michael shouts, like, John Hay, like, to get his attention from across the hallway. Um, and John says, it was a closing argument. I'm trying to win the acquittal for my client. Don't read too much into it. And then Ali calls out the door as well, saying, you know, the jury's got a verdict, which is why they're trying to get his attention. Um, and John's like, I should tell my client if you'll excuse me. And Hayley's like, yeah, fine. So John goes to Ali um, in the door. And then Ali looks at Hayley. Um, and Hayley looks kind of sad yeah, and she bows looks her very head. Sad, yeah. yeah. So then we're in the courtroom and the jury is coming in and Vincent is asking Ali, um, what does it mean when they come back fast? And Ali says, well, when we win, it's great. This is a line I've heard a few times yeah. from them. Like a client's gone, well, what does it mean when this happens? And they're like, well, if we win, it's great. And I'm like, guys. <laughs> he needs to calm or something. Yeah. Um, and Vincent goes, and if we lose? And Ali goes, it's terrible. <laughs> and then I just love it because he goes, I can't go back to prison again. If he says guilty, I'm going to make a run for it. Are you with me? And I'm just like, he is so cute. Well, Ali says, <laughs> you go ahead. I'll catch up. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. He's so cute. But anyway, then the jury uh, gives their verdict and they say, on the charge of attempted escape from a penitentiary. And as, as the four persons reading this out, John and and Vincent Robbins kind of lean oh, yeah, together. They're like, they're like, <laughs> but they're kind of like leaning, like throughout the whole thing, they're kind of leaning <laughs> and swaying a little bit. But then they lean, and then like, they lean a bit more, like, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the charge of attempted escape from penitentiary, we find the defendant Vincent Robbins not guilty. 
property and Ali's like oh congratulations and, and Michael Ali. goes there's a rabbit for my hat yeah. <laughs> um, and then Vincent goes I've got to find a job and Ali goes there are plenty of banks to hit and Just it's like lol 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 um, and then we see Hayley and John sort of congratulate each other and Hayley asks John for lunch tomorrow and John says let me check my book and I'll um, let you know and then and she says congrats she, again yeah she looks like really sad well she looks really disconcerted she can see that it can't be like it was, was. like because the truth is now and I know that feeling air. as I've mentioned I've been yes. in that position and it is so horrible say, letting someone down like that because you so want you know when someone comes to you with those feelings and so vulnerably and you don't, and you don't return them, like you can't force yourself no, to feel you something can't. you don't feel and you can't but that you know, you haven't... It feels like you've had something taken away from you, both of you, but you can't and do anything about you, it. And also, you can't make them feel better about no. it. You are the one that actually, by being... Trying to make it normal again... Yeah. Uh, ...is probably hurting them more. Yeah. Like, but also, from your really perspective, painful. you knew nothing of this. Yeah. Suddenly, it's been dumped on you. You can't lie to them. No. So you can only be honest. But then you suddenly don't have that same friendship no, anymore. It's, and it's, it's really shifted. not very nice. Yeah, yeah. It's really sad. I yeah. thought it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, so anyway, then we have a new scene. Ali and John come back to Cajun Fish and Georgia and Billy are there. And Ali's saying, telling Georgia that we won. And then she says, I should say John won. He was the most... Brilliant. Brilliant. But John walks is kind of walking off. away like sedately. Um, and Elena's come up at this point as well. And Billy's like, he got a straight not guilty. And Annie like calls after him, he was fabulous. And then yeah. she's like, oh, damn it. And then she like shoves her bag at Elaine again. I'm yeah. like, what is with all this bag shoving? It's like not cool. I know. Um, and then Billy's like, what's that about? And Mary arrives saying, I'm here to sign dismissal papers. And Georgia goes, Elaine will help you with that. And Elaine just sort of makes these eyes at Georgia. She does, As she walks she? off. Because I just feel like she's just had Ali just shove her bag at her. And then Georgia's like, oh, I'm not dealing with that. That's for Elaine. Which I guess is kind of her job. But it is like everyone just shits on Elaine episode. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I think that's I know what she's what getting annoyed with. Yeah, she's just like, Thanks. I'm a person, not yeah. like, instead of saying Elaine will help you with that, you could... You could instead, what would be more respectful, Elaine, is to say, Elaine, you do you mind her? helping um, yeah. Mary with that? Because I know there's a hierarchy there, and Elaine's the bottom of the food chain, but that doesn't mean that you treat them treat like you're like, that. like slave yeah. or yeah. butler. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, not. Elaine, exactly. yeah, like, yeah. Anyway, it was just interesting because I don't see uh, where I work. I don't know if this is, I work in quite a small uh, business. But certainly where, um, I don't know if that's the same in larger businesses, but the we don't really have much of a hierarchy, even though like technically there are people that are doing uh, more menial work. So we have had in the past, say, office managers, which are like Elaine, but we would mm. never be like, so like office manager, do this. Yeah. It would be like, oh, do you mind doing this? Yeah. Or yeah. have you got time to do this at the moment? If not, don't worry, do can you do it tomorrow or something? Yes. Not There's do some this kind now, of, do you know what I mean? There's some like, respect there as a human being. Yeah, and this idea of like, we're here to work with each other. Not like, you do shit yeah. for me when I ask you to. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so then we cut to John and he's staring in a mirror in the bathroom and Ali comes in and she says, 
hey like quietly to him yeah. like as if she wants to help him talk and John's like I don't want to talk about it and he says it in like a real whisper he's like yeah. I don't want to talk about it and Ali goes oh, I yeah I understand but... but and then he shouts because he yeah. goes Ali I don't want to talk about it sometimes I feel better not talking that thing about talking making you feel better that was made up by a bunch of yappers I want to be by myself with myself would that be alright with you and you know what I am so glad that he shouted at her because I am just like Ali is so fucking arrogant about when she feels people need to talk and specifically need to talk to her Her, and it's that thing of like she has a go at Elaine for being nosy all the time but she's she's just as guilty of it like she's not just nosy she like gets involved yeah at least like Elaine stays on the periphery. <laughs> yeah, Elaine's just interested in the gossip. And in a lot of ways, like, that isn't great. No. Like, that's not a good thing to be. Yeah. But Ali... Doesn't try to... Inf- to she influences the situation. Or goes, well, what you involved. should do is this. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's nothing Completely to do with you. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, the fact that you, she literally is like... I understand, but, and I'm just like, yeah, fucking Somebody go for it, John. Somebody needed to say that, and yeah. he said it in the most wonderful way. <laughs> yeah. I love Eat that. By a bunch of yappers. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Because I, but it's interesting because I am one of those people that I, uh, talking, I truly do believe that talking, when you've got something wrong with you, emotionally talking it out helps like it just takes the weight off your shoulders but only when you're ready to yeah. talk um, and however and you decide who you talk to about absolutely that. so i will talk to my husband if there's something wrong yes um, quite often i'll leave it i'll try i'll do what we talked about earlier which is bottle it up but then eventually it will come out yeah whereas my husband is not a yapper <laughs> like he no. will not talk but i i do try and encourage him to be like you know you can talk to me or whoever like whatever yes. you want because I don't think it's good to just completely bottle stuff up because that's how things get repressed. Yes, I think it's so interesting. To encourage people to talk, I don't think is a bad thing, but Ali's not doing that here. No, she's like, you must talk about this now to me. Yeah. And it's like, no. no. Yeah, like, you need to shut up and fuck off. Because the thing is, and I think, uh, yeah, I totally agree, like, in terms of, like, Talking is is a healthy thing to do. I do think, but people deal with things differently. differently and sure. like, it's interesting because I listened to a podcast called Griefcast, and the woman that presents it, Carrie Ad Lloyd, like, mm. is um, she's like, I am such a talker. I talk things to death. Like, mm. that's, that's just how I process things. Mm. But she was like, when my husband lost her, both his parents, mm. like, she was like he wasn't much of a talker about it. But he would just, he would like take himself out and go for runs and things. And like, and I would keep sort of saying to him, like, you need to talk, you need to talk to me. Like, you need to talk, like, or or talk to someone. Like, and, and it's just, and she was like, I came to realise that not everyone processes things like, like Mm. in a talky way. Like for me, that, that is how I process it. But some people don't. My husband's uh, father died last year and it was very upsetting for everyone. Mm. And I talked a lot about it with my friends because obviously he wasn't my father. But um, was I, I was very sad about it. Yeah. I, I don't know how you get through something like that because luckily our parents are both still alive. Still alive. Yeah. Touch wood. Um, but my husband doesn't 
that's not how he processes stuff. Yeah. And I kept saying, like, you know that you can talk to... Like, because he's the sounding board for his mum and, like, yeah. whatever else. And I'm just like, don't feel like you haven't got someone to do that. Yes. Like, I'm happy to do that. Or someone else would be happy to do that. One of your friends, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's just not how he... No, and I think some people, that isn't how they process stuff. And I think we, the people who are the people that talk things through to process it, I think we have to be careful about putting our yes. thing on our them and being like, being like, you have to this, is how, yeah. this is how you process things. No, and it's yeah. like, no, that's not actually what I did true want to every person. let him be aware of, that I'm very aware of, is that often men feel like they have to be the strong ones. Yes. And I wanted him particularly to know that that is not the case. Even yes. though intellectually, I know he knows that's not the case. Yes. Sometimes what you know to be true intellectually and what actually How happens you feel. is different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was like, if you're not talking because you just don't want to process it that way, that's not how you feel comfortable, then that's fine. But if you're not talking because you feel like you need to be strong, then yeah. don't feel like that. You know, That's not a good way. No. Yeah. Um, so that's what I wanted to make yeah. clear. Yeah, and um, I think it's difficult. But yeah. I, I think it's it's hard to know of like... Is this just a socialised way yeah. of of processing things, or is this just how you process things? Yeah. Like, and obviously, anyone of any gender can be at different ends of exactly. That yeah. 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 Completely. So I think. Yeah. So I was so glad to watch John turn around and, and be, be like, like, "Fuck off." Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, like I am not ready. So yeah. you need to leave me be. And anyway, she goes to leave, and Ali, uh, John, then goes quietly. Ali, thank you for, and then he sort of taps, taps his, his nose, nose and, and points at her, and Ali sort of taps her nose back and leaves him to it. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. it's that thing of like I think she realizes she that crossed she the line. crossed that she yeah. crossed the line and didn't just take his word for it when he said, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like, she didn't listen to him. Yeah. So, I think she knows that that was wrong. Yeah. But it's like, he appreciates that she wanted to help. Yes. And, and he, you know, he... Und- it just he was feels, a bit of a misstep. Yeah, he yeah. feels that it came from a good place and that she is a good friend to him. Yeah. So, and he wanted to recognise that, but I am still not ready to talk yeah, about this. Yeah, leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we get the final scene, which is in Whipper's Chambers, and Richard comes in and he does a speech to her that basically says, um, Mm. I know you're not the judge anymore, but there's a few things I'd like to enter onto record. First, I realise when people who love each other part, no court of law can fix it. Second, I know it's a slippery slope when you start asking judges to legislate couples. And third, I miss you. So Richard has decided that... The best thing to do um, is come and tell Whipper that he wants to, I don't know, restart their dead horse of a relationship. <laughs> um, I'm so like, I'm just like, I'm just no, no, stop it. This relationship, bad, bad lawyer. <laughs> yeah, this relationship was not healthy uh, when it was going well. Let I know. Alone when it wasn't going well. I'm just like. A whipper turns around and goes, if you don't mind, I'd like to take that all under advisement. Yeah. So it's very much left on a kind of I'm ambiguous not, yeah. place. Um, they don't reconcile. No, but it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, Richard, like, give it up. It. Leave give her it up. alone. Yeah. yeah Let like, her get over you. Like, you are not good for her. No. You're not good for anyone. Well, You're barely like, good for yourself. Yeah, I know. 
Well, um, then Vonda, like the final bit of the episode is a montage to Vonda singing Alone Again Naturally by yes. Gilbert Sullivan, which gives the episode its name. Yeah. Um, Richard leaves Whipper's chambers. Um, John is leaving the office. He's sort of packing up his briefcase. Elaine and Mary are doing some paperwork, papers. and Elaine kind of sees her off. Yeah. Um, and then she clears up papers as the cleaner is kind of moving in the background yeah. so they're the last ones in the office Ali and Renee are sitting at the bar because obviously they from the they conversation they look pretty they... like despondent well exactly that's what I thought was interesting because obviously Ali had made the point when she was trying to show the video to her earlier about the dating video yeah. like well if we want to meet people at the bar we need to sit at the at bar, the bar. Um, so they're doing that but they're just looking really bored and like, like dejected they don't look yeah. like they're enjoying it yeah, yeah because I mean, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> Whipper packs up and she kind of picks up a teddy bear. Yeah, she does, um, doesn't she? That's in her chambers and leaves. And I just want to know, she has a great skirt suit on. Okay. Uh, she really shows off her legs. So it's like, yeah. you look good, Whipper. Yeah. I'm not surprised I wonder Richard if it's misses a, you. <laughs> I wonder if a teddy bear was something that Richard had given her back in the day and she decided to take it home or well, get rid of it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway... But then we see Richard, he's at an arcade playing like, like one of those motorbike, motorbike game. games where yeah. you get on the like fake motorbike yeah. and like play a game. And then we see Elaine packing up and leaving the office alone. And then we see John walking home alone. So By everyone's himself. very alone. alone. <laughs> if you didn't get that, it's alone. <laughs> we are all alone. We cannot count on anyone apart from ourselves. <laughs> So I thought it was a bit of a depressing penultimate episode, to be honest. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to see Richard and Whipper start no, things up again. No, um, And sad for John and yeah. his thing with Hayley. And annoyed situation. with Ali for like just getting on with life. Yeah. Like, getting involved with other people's lives even. Yeah. Like I'm just like, no, this just, is all yeah. bad stuff. Yeah. So I really hope the final finale of the season is... Uh, brings us perks us back up because this is a dud as far as I'm this was a real downer yeah, <laughs> yeah. retrial um, so it was the state versus Vincent Robbins guilty or not guilty uh, yeah not I, I don't see any harm in this man not getting any extra time for what he did uh, the only person he hurt was himself by all accounts yeah. yeah and having him serve extra time for an escape that actually wasn't successful because he didn't actually get away he no. hurt himself there was no way you could have got over that wall in that fashion without hurting yourself yeah exactly so it wasn't actually a successful escape you I mean just you got... suspend your disbelief that it's possible in the yeah place, exactly yeah. he just got over a wall he didn't yeah. escape and I just feel like, yeah, having him serve, going back into jail and potentially dying in there would have been, like, too harsh. Well, my point was, again, I agree, I've given him as not, not guilty, because I'm like, well, what purpose does it serve putting him in, back in jail? I guess it's the principle of being, like, you, you, we have to... If, if it was a thing of you never got anything, you never got punished for escaping jail, then everyone would be trying to escape right. jail. Yeah. So I, I understand the kind of like, as a principle, we need to have a punishment in place for, but like for people doing years, this. Yeah. Like, they've given him four years, which I actually think is quite a lot. Harsh. Yeah. Like he's 72. I, I think, but I think the thing is, is like, I uh, liked him as well. He seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, he's really cute. I think um, 
I do think it is a thing of like, yeah, it's a case by case basis, isn't it? And mm. that's the whole point of a trial is yeah. looking at things case by case. So yeah. I'm glad that in this case he he managed to sort of escape any kind of punishment for yeah. it because it just was, yeah, it, it wasn't. I mean, it was kind of a stupid case because it didn't really make much sense. Yeah, and um, has this ever happened? No, no, I don't. And think there's so. no way it's happened in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Verdict of the week: The jury's back. Who uh, do you find? Okay, so I'm kind of finding two people. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> okay, so I find. I think we've had something for you recently that okay. was two right. people. All right, so. All right. So, no judgment. I find John and Hayley not guilty. Okay. Because I really love how they did tackle this whole friends, what would be called, like, the friend zone, like, in this story. And because I think it does a good job of recognising how sad and painful for both parties unrequited love is. and, And how, and I really like how John is portrayed as, being not bitter and resentful towards Haley for never thinking mm. of him in a romantic way. Yeah, you could easily write that as the man being like yeah, massively and, and at no point yeah. does he he's not portrayed in no. that way at any point. And he he says like he really valued her friendship yeah. as it was and he never acted like she owed him something. Yeah. And 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 whilst <sighs> whilst at the same time acknowledging that yeah there are some situations where it is too hard and painful to remain friends with someone when you want more yeah and and that's just sad for everyone involved and like we said there is no winners there is you know what I mean and I just think I just like that it never dissolves into him being like, well, she's just a bitch who doesn't like nice yeah, guys. You know totally. what I mean? Like, yeah, it, is it would ne- be so easy yeah, to do that. Yeah, that, that is not how it is played in, at, at any point no. in any way. So I was like, a star. Yeah, no, that was really handled well. And I have to say, I've got... Uh, so my verdict of the week, I'm giving Hayley a not guilty. Okay. Mainly because um, for all of those reasons and because I think I've mentioned I had like more of an affinity with her side of yeah, the story. Yeah. It's like she hasn't this is literally nothing to do with her. Like yeah. she's not done this and now she doesn't have a friend. Yeah. Um so it's like I and I felt like it would have been I don't know, easy for her them to write her badly as well. Like yeah. acting badly about it. But they didn't. And I just think it would be easy for the show to be like, ugh Hayley's ruined it like it could have been like well the, I think uh, so this, the beginning of this great love affair for John but because she doesn't feel that way she's an awful person yeah it's like no I like how I just wanted to make the point that like she hadn't done anything wrong by not no. having those feelings and I think like that's the thing is often the way the friend zone has been portrayed yeah in other fictional stories is like oh well the girl is like knows how the guy feels and like plays on that and plays with him and is a bitch and doesn't like nice guys and he's just and she uses him to you know be a friend but doesn't want anything more and like like, and it's just and that is just not how it's played it's played very much like 
unrequited love is horrible around yeah like there are no there, there are no and there's no villains no like exactly. there's no there's no you're not obliged to feel the same way that someone feels about you yes like and and I like that it it's played that way yeah I think it, totally. it's done well I think so. I agree yeah cool, cool. so finale, the finale next, next episode yeah. uh how are you feeling excited I'm excited yeah I can't believe it I, I know it's like dun 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 yes all right <laughs> bookend this episode with uh, chariots of fire um please tell us what you thought of this penultimate episode um mm-hmm. and how and uh, your hopes and dreams for next <laughs> episode's finale uh we're very excited because yeah, we're good. gonna get pizza and chinese. chinese as we promised we would yeah and yeah finish the finish the season strong yeah. like that. um and yeah get, get, please uh, get in contact with us we're on twitter at bygones podcast we're on instagram bygones pod we are on facebook bygones podcast search for that and then we've got email. an email which is bygones podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and uh yeah super psyched for the next episode i hope you will join us but yeah. until then bygones Throw myself up in an effort to make clear to ever what it's like when you're shattered, left standing in the lurch. I'd a judge where people saying, My God, that's too she stood him up. No point in us remaining. We may as well go Cause I did on my own alone again. Naturally.